Hi, and welcome to episode 110 of No Crying in Baseball, the Our Boyfriends Are Back episode. My name's Patty, and I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey, Patty. Yeah, they're back. I'm pretty excited about that. Did you miss them? I did. I did. And that makes the off season just a little bit easier because I think we've been sort of mourning this end of the baseball season. But hey, we get to choose new boyfriends this week. I will explain all about it in just a few moments. I did some math. Can I tell you about the math? Oh, man. I did, I did, I did, I did, <laughs> I'm going to need some help I to understand math. boyfriend math. Okay. Do you know we have profiled 120 baseball players? Holy shit. Right? 30 teams, and each of us picks a guy from each team. So that's 60, and we've done it for two full seasons now. I need we've to, profiled 120 guys. I need to figure out a better system of going back and figuring out who we did when, because uh, one of our Padres friends today posted about Jerks and Profar going to the Padres and saying she didn't know anything about him. And I was like, hey, he's a boyfriend, so here's that episode. And I bet we could do that a lot if only... I don't. You, you're Here's good how at I filing. helped you. Here's yeah. how I helped you. I actually put together our two lists of boyfriends. Oh, you are a goddess. And I sorted them by team. You were procrastinating. And I did. And that's when I came up with math because I was okay. also alphabetizing. Holy shit. I alphabetized. Did you color code? And I. <laughs> maybe. Oh, shut I up. I bet you did. You're making fun of me. Hey. On today's show, vocabulary lesson number one is love me non tender. And I help potty mouth with a. Very complicated boyfriend situation. We kick off our Omar for Hall of Fame campaign. We say Omar a lot this episode. Yes. We have new boyfriends. We're back to boyfriends. We have new boyfriends from the Tigers and the Marlins. Vocabulary lesson number two. Yes, we're going to do this twice today. Player development contract. It's about the minor leagues. And we're disillusioned. And we're going to tell you why. Vocabulary lesson number one, non-tender. I know we did this last year, but it's worth repeating because sometimes I forget what this means. I totally forget. <laughs> we are recording on Monday, not too far before 8 p.m. And the Monday 8 p.m. this week is the non-tender deadline. Here's what that means. It doesn't mean it's tough. Like tender would be like a soft deadline. So non-tender would be the opposite of that. At, so it'd be a hard deadline. I want to make a steak right? analogy, but it's not going to oh, work God. with my vegetarian no. friends here. Tender tofu. All right. So if you are on, if you, you're a baseball player, right? If you're on the 40-man roster and you have less than six years of service time, you have to be offered a contract, right? You, you're either pre-arbitration or you're arbitration eligible, you are not yet a free agent, right? So you are like the new guys or the young guys or you're under team control. You are helping me so much. Already? Already. I've been super confused. So tender is the verb for basically offering a contract. That is what tender means here. So non-tender means I am not going to choose to offer you a contract. You're under team control, but I don't want to. I don't want to offer you. I don't want to uh -huh. go to arbitration with you. I I want to make room on my roster. For instance, you don't have to sign that player right away. You just have to make an initial offer. The offers don't need to be finalized. The contract can be finalized until there's a deadline in February, and then you go to arbitration if you guys don't agree on something. But right now, it's a matter of I want you to stay on my team or I don't. And if you are non-tendered, you can become a free agent even though you don't have the service time. Okay, so this you, is where I get confused because I had this boyfriend yes. and I picked well for the Orioles because they sure did, sucked boy. this year. And yep. I actually picked Jonathan VR for last year. And I thought, you know, this is – and sometimes I try to go for like the long-term boyfriends, like guys I think are going to hang out with a team because it gets really confusing otherwise. But it turns out that they released him – 
They placed him on waivers. Okay. So from what I understood Mm -hmm. is that they were trying to trade him, but nobody would take him. So they wanted to release him on waivers before this deadline that you just talked about, right? right? And hope that another team picked up his current contract. Because what happened was he was on his second year of arbitration and his value had increased because he's doing well, right? That's right. So it increased so much, and he's going to be a free agent in just another year, that the Orioles, despite how cool he is and what he's doing, didn't have the bucks to shell out for a one-year dude. Partially. That's that's a big part of it. So here's that's one of the things that teams think about when they decide who to offer a contract to, who they're tendering a contract to. It's, can we afford them? Or is it the right time to keep this player? They may be good, but is this the kind of good we need currently? Or is this a lot of money that might be slowing down another development that we need to have going on here? So you want to make sure the mood is right, the music is on, you're, you're at if the you're candlelight dinner. Tender, you right. got to set the mood. It's got to be all... the right time and the right place and it's... the right person, all those things. That's right. And here's okay. something about your boyfriend. He's very flashy. And I know you like the flashy boyfriends. <laughs> oh, that's totally my style. But right. here's how he's not my boyfriend. Okay. He doesn't have sexy defense. Right, he does not. He's not. He's not like steady and consistent the Mm -hmm. way I like them. And I mean, I think he was a good choice. He absolutely was a good choice, and he's still a good choice. So, so forty steals, like that. Right, that's very quick, very exciting, very fun. And some of the people that are sorry to see him go said he was one of the few reasons to go to an O's game because he knew they were going to lose. But to watch this guy who is clearly having a great time playing and is going to do flashy stuff, that's great. But he also cost them a lot of outs. And if you remember when we're talking about stats in previous Mm -hmm. weeks, outs are what you pay for offense, right? How many outs is this going to cost you? And he cost a lot of outs. And so they're trying to they're in this rebuilding time. And they've got these guys that are pretty close to being ready, but not quite yet. Like okay. our friend Adley Rutschman, their number one draft choice last year. Who you saw. It was coming along. But he's, he's not ready yet. It's not going to be this season. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to balance out how do we make that class of players, when they're ready, the best they can be? And it, it, are we spending now when we should be not? Although at, the, at this point, you've also got to worry about keeping your fan base through this process. Yes. Because like losing the player they liked and just saying, all right, we're not going to have anybody that exciting for a while, but just hang in and keep coming to games. Like, does that work? Well, they canceled their fan fest this winter. You know Holy how teams shit. do fan fest where you go and get get autographs? Yeah. They don't think there's really going to be that many people there to get, that people are going to want to get autographs from. So they canceled their fan fest. So we're going to have a fun time picking boyfriends for the O's when we have to do that. This is a super big rebuilding year. There just wasn't there just wasn't room this time. The time is not right. Timing is everything in relationships. You know that. Mm -hmm. But we're going to talk more about the Orioles next week when we do our Orioles boyfriends. So we'll have to find we have to be careful. We'll have to see what we do. We may have to work hard for these boyfriends. But, you know, the ones you work for, the ones that are worth keeping. Did that work? I don't know. Well, we can't keep him that long anyway. So just work a little bit. But I want to tell you about a guy that you've worked hard for over the years. And now as a team, we are launching officially right now the Omar Vizquel for Hall of Fame campaign. I love Omar. Yeah. And I have learned to love him through your your adoration here and what I've learned while uh, doing this podcast with you. But you know what I learned today is that he is about to embark on his fourth managerial experience with the Toros de Tijuana 
in the Liga Mexicana de Baseball in Mexico. Clarifying question. Is this his fourth time mad- managing them or mm-hmm. he's had uh, three other managing experiences elsewhere and now he's managing them? That one, that cool. one. So okay. it's his first time in the Mexican Baseball League. And actually, there haven't been that many MLB managers that have gone there. The other name that jumped out at me was Frank Robinson, uh-huh. who had managed a different yeah. team in Mexico. Another another personal connection there. But what Omar did before going to Mexico today is that he was with the White Sox minor leagues for a couple mm-hmm. years. This last year, he was, he was with the Birmingham Barons. And in 2018, he was in single A uh, with the Winston-Salem Dash and got manager of the year because of his nice. good performance there. And before that, this I think this is super cool, that he managed the Venezuelan team for the World Baseball Classic in 2017. I think he's building his resume, um, not just the Hall of Fame resume, but the I want to be a manager in the bigs resume, and I hope he gets it one day. I, don't I know. hope so. It, it seems be- like like the Mexican press is loving him. There was one article that I read that called him Omar Manos de Seda Vizquel. That sounds which, great. What does it mean? It means silk hands. Ooh, Omar. So we're just going to – You want that in a boyfriend. All right. We've got a new code name for him too. We'll just talk <laughs> about silk hands. Should have been wearing my Omar shirt today. I didn't mm-hmm. know this was all happening. Quick little boyfriend note, um, Moose, Mike Moustakis – who um, has been my boyfriend in the past, just got picked up by the Cincinnati Reds. So welcome to Ohio, Moose. This podcast is great just for the the ability to be able to say, has been my boyfriend in the past, about, what is it, 125 total? So we've got like 60 plus guys Well, 124 as of today, plus, you know, the beginning of time boyfriends before, you know, we kept track. Oh, too much math. You're right. Too much math. But to to give a little bit more info about this baseball boyfriend thing, this is what we do in the off season starting officially today is that we- open season on boyfriends. Hey, (laughs) boyfriend hunting. (laughs) I don't know. What we do is we each pick one guy per team and that guy has to be not just good at baseball in fact that part is actually very optional but there has to be something interesting about him something that he has done we've talked about boyfriends with foundations before doing charitable work or having a an interesting personal story and uh, and sometimes it's just a cosmic connection and that's what I'm feeling today we, uh, we're starting with the tiger. Actually, what we do completely is to start from the bottom of the barrel. I, that, I shouldn't say it that way, should But we I? can't really. There's no other way to do okay. it. We start with the two teams, uh, National League and American League, who had the worst records the previous year. They're kind of like draft picks, right? Yeah. You have the worst record, you get the first pick. That's it. That's it. And, yeah. and, and speaking of that, so that's what this baseball boyfriend thing leads up to. By the end of the season, we whittle them down to an actual team and then play fantasy ball with them in the off season. That sounds like fun. I just want to point out that I don't think that baseball skills are optional, which is why I think uh-huh. I've done better than you in the fantasy That's, baseball team. That there you go. I, I hadn't realized. So I that. go with yeah, I no, go with I use that as optional. <laughs> That's I go with bad plan. skills, clearly mm-hmm. love playing the game. And then that extra thing that Potty Mouth was just talking about. I try to like give equal weight to those things. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah. All right. Sometimes I'll that works. Think, about, I'll think about that in the future. I'm hoping it works out with my picks today. I don't know. I, I've i been having a hard time finding time to do the appropriate amount of research. So I cut some corners and decided to oh. cheat from the smart kids. And I put some uh, 
some feelers out with a Marlins fan friend who we know from Con los Besos Llenas. Thank you very much, Alfredo, for your Marlins picks. He's actually a Yankees fan, but he's in Miami, so he, he knows, knows the Marlins. He knows the stuff. And we actually consulted one of the sports editors from the Washington Post, a Tigers fan, for his Tigers picks. Thank you, Matt. So we are well informed, but we are, in fact, cheating. Uh-huh. But like, you know, like like Patty Ma said, off the smart kids. So if you're going to cheat, you want to copy off the right paper. Yeah. So here we go. Hey, so quick um, fun fact about the Tigers, since we're going to start with the Tiger boyfriends today. Their payroll is the lowest it's ever – their projected payroll for this this coming season is the lowest it's, lowest it's been since 2006. It's so maybe not going to be $90 million. So they're in horribly last place, and they have the lowest payroll, so they're – not improve it? Do they have ability to improve for next year? Oh, they're re- okay. rebuilding. Can I tell you that um, that Mickey Cabrera and Jordan Zimmerman are the only players currently on the Tigers with more than five years of experience. They are also the five. only ones who are making real baseball money. Now, granted, we've told you that the baseline of play in the major leagues is half a million dollars, but they have way more zeros in that after this, but nobody else does. They also have the number one pick in the Rule 5 draft, which I'm going to throw out there because you learned about that last week. Go back to that episode. I have one more fun fact about the Tigers. In 2019, they struck out more than any team in MLB history. Has is, that, is that a boyfriend in, thing? A, a, you know, that does kind of work right? that way. Let's see. I don't know. We've done okay with Tigers boyfriends in the past. Well, Let's... you giggled at first base last week, so I <laughs> want to giggle at striking out this week. <laughs> That's true. All right. All right. We don't want to strike out with our boyfriends. <laughs> We don't. And the funny thing about I got so we got these boyfriend recommendations from two very different people in two very different places. And they both recommended me a young Puerto Rican boyfriend in the infield for both teams who both of them came up in August last year. So I guess I have a type. You do have a type already. The the first guy I'm going to talk about is Willie Castro, and I kind of like that name too, Willie, with an I at the end. He's 22 years old, and he plays shortstop. And he, his dad and two of his uncles were in baseball, but none of them made it to the majors. So his dad's name is uh, Liliano Castro, and his uncle Rene Capillan were both drafted by the Tigers, and so they both played uh, rookie ball. A. His uncle Carlos um, Capellan was drafted by Minnesota by Twins, but none of them made it before above level A. So he turned to his dad and said, when he was in the minors, said, I'll make it to the big leagues for you. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So then, of course, I had to look up his dad. And it took thinking that, like, okay, this is my new boyfriend and he's 22. How old is his father? It turns out that his father is exactly as old as my husband. Like, exactly. Like, they have the same Mr. birthday. Pat- wow. The same birthday, day, well, You said the word year. cosmic before. Is this what you were getting at? Well, this is one of those cosmic things. So I was like, okay, if this guy's father has the exact same day that I want born to the day that my husband date was born. <laughs> Wait. All right. It just seemed like a sign. Like maybe it was a weird sign, but it's Uh kind of a sign. So Uh, his dad actually sort of helped him out a little bit. So his dad works in the Mets organization and knew the Mets scout and told him to to check his kid out. And he did. And he said, and I thought this was kind of interesting. So he's Puerto Rican and he told him to go to the DR for training. For like pre getting scouted training, and he I'm sent not quite his sure why to the DR. Yeah, for training. So the the Met scout told Liriano to send Willie to the DR when he was like 
high school age. Well, you know that the DR has more players in the major leagues than any other country besides yeah. the United States, so they have a good program. I'm guessing sure. that there was like a specific academy he wanted him to Maybe, go to. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, even his mom was in on this deal, and I saw a super cute quote from his mom when she was three months pregnant and she got her sonogram. She she looked at him and said, ahí viene mi pelotero, which means there's my little baseball player. Oh. So she knew it right away. Okay, this is this. I'm gonna use it. I'm gonna use the drinking game word. This is adorable. I'm drinking. Cheers. Mm -hmm. So he um, came up last August, August 24th, and he FaceTimed with his dad to say, I made it. You know, after that, like, promise, promise, right? He was very nervous, as I imagine everybody is, and his first at bat was a double play, but he held out and he went two for four with a double in his debut against the Twins. Not too bad. And this is another more cosmic stuff. He signed with Cleveland, and I know you're a Cleveland person. It's true. And at age 16. And he played with the Rubber Ducks. And I know you've uh, seen the Rubber Ducks. Multiple times. And I do love the Akron team. That's a great name for, for a minor league team. He actually uh, also, here's the other cosmic thing. So Leonis Martin was my Cleveland boyfriend last year. But the basic thing is a former baseball boyfriend of mine was part of a trade with my new boyfriend. So that adds cosmic cred. Sure it does. Right? And he's friends with Euro boyfriend Lindor. But he knew he couldn't stay in Cleveland, even though he's super cool, because Lindor. Like, they're playing the same spot. Oh, the right. Yeah, position. there's nowhere to go, except mm-hmm. they're talking about trading Lindor. Oh. I know. I know. I think okay. that just might be, like, clickbait, I hope, because I don't want to see him go. Oh, I'm crap. sorry. I interrupted. No, I no, went, no, I went down a, a different L- place. Lindor is, is important, and baseball boyfriends are important. And speaking of baseball boyfriends, okay, here's another. I guess maybe if you have 120, you're going to have these connections because it seems like, <laughs> hey, we know this guy. So he plays, he's playing right now. And so this is more um, impetus for me to get my shit together and get that winter league uh, chart about who to watch when because he's playing in the DR right now. So I could be watching we my be baseball watching boyfriend Why play are we talking to these right guys now. right now? I could be watching baseball. To. So he's going to be playing for the Leones del Escogido, which is the team that Tati Sr. played for and the team that Tatis Jr., if you go back last week or the week before, he asked to be transferred to because Estrellas Orientales, which was managed by his dad, his dad got canned. Right. And so Tatis Jr., of course, doesn't want to keep playing for this team that canned his father. And we talked about how Manny Acta was the guy who canned him, and he's also a former Nats manager. It all goes together. Anyway... Acta, it turns out, won't release Tatis Jr. So I'm, I'm baseball hop, boyfriend hopping here. I'm back to Tatis Jr., who was my guy last year from the Padres. But he is that fucked up? Like, totally. I want to leave this team because you fired my father. You were mean to my daddy. Right. right. And you're not going to let me leave. So wow. I don't know what kind of drama is going on there. I but think he's going to fake a spramp or something so he can't play. Yeah. but I So I'm definitely pulling for the Leones de Escogido. And uh, so Willie Castro, he was born in, the per- in Puerto Rico, but he lived in the U.S. a bunch with his dad when his dad was coaching in the minors. And uh, so he's got really good, I like native English level. And his dad said to him, you're going to have a lot of bad days, but you're going to have a lot of great ones too. And that's the quote I will end on. I like it. I'm looking forward to watching Willie Castro play. It's my boyfriend who was foisted upon me, but I am, I welcome it. I welcome it is um, Victor Reyes, who's t- also who's 25, and he plays left field for the Tigers. Boyfriend foisted upon me is another just really weird quote out of context. 
Really, mind. even in context, it's, it's still a little it's weird. Still weird. He is from Venezuela. Both of my boyfriends are from Venezuela. This one is from Barcelona, Venezuela, and I didn't know there was a Barcelona, Venezuela. He was um, picked up as an international free agent by Atlanta in 2011. He's only 25 now. He was just a baby then. He was traded to the Diamondbacks in 2015. And rule five, I'm going to say the world's the words rule five. He was picked up by the Tigers in the rule five draft in 2018, just last year's rule five draft. And it was kind of risky because um, he hadn't really when you get picked up in the rule five draft, you have to be on the 25 man roster. Right. You know, so you're in. You can't be stashed mm-hmm. away someplace else. And he really needs to develop more power. He's a pretty good hitter, like for average, but he's not getting the power that he needs. And he is aware of that. And so they knew they, they knew when they picked him that this is a thing that's got to work on. But guess who he's getting advice from? He's getting advice from Miggy Cabrera and Victor Martinez, oh, right? So he's got some, you know, fellow countrymen on with the Tigers that are giving him some good coaching. Mm-hmm. And last year, this past season in 2019, he went back and forth to Triple A six times, back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Oh, that makes me dizzy. Finally, came up in July for good, and started doing really well. Do you remember the bonus stat from last week? Isolated power. I didn't think we would be using it in a sentence so soon. Do you remember what it is? Uh, it's okay if you don't. No, wait. I'm thinking. It has to do with beyond the slugging stuff, like, right? Because you compared it to slugging. I remember that right. part. It's, it's slugging minus singles. That's it. Because it's only extra base hits. Okay. I was so right? close. So that's what measures. So that's isolated power, right? And they said okay. he needed to increase his power. Well, his isolated power and his walks, which is an indication of patience at the plate, both doubled. From 2018 to 2019. We like that in young guys. They're not fantastic yet, but he's going in the right direction. He, um, Some of his numbers were so good in that couple of months where he was actually up that multiple places where I read about him said he is due to regress, that they, this is not sustainable. So he's not going to be as good when he yeah. plays for a whole season as he was in that little blurb but i think hope springs eternal and you have to have stars in your eyes when you you know hearts in you your eyes baby, you when you look know. at these boyfriends here's something that i think you will enjoy about him Ooh. and why he might have been a good boyfriend for you because you always make jokes about clumsy uh-huh he wasn't really so clumsy but he did have a major dangerous outfield collision on his debut he was running in from left field and jose iglesias was backing up from shortstop oh my god Footnote after this. They they crashed into each other. Technically, the outfielder has, you know, priority. You get to do that. But apparently, Iglesias is very good, like, in short outfield. So he goes for that. So they collapsed. And and my new boyfriend, Victor Reyes, got spiked in the forearm. Oh, my God. And Iglesias had, like, an ankle thing. Anyway, so Reyes ended up with eight stitches on his debut. That's how his illustrious... Um, major league career actually got started. Well, and you know, Iglesias was one of my pre-podcast baseball boyfriends. He was in the Red Sox and he got traded uh, to the Tigers from the Red Sox and I went into like complete bummed out. I was like, it's fucking Noma all over again. Lose, oh, losing boy. the good shortstop. But Noma. yeah. The funny thing about Reyes is he was, until the second half of last season, he was sort of just one of those guys that could look like any of the other guys because the Tigers weren't doing all that well. So there's a, a British Tigers fan who 
said had a bet that when in August the Tigers were going to the Astros, he said, said if they win even one game, I'm going to get a tattoo, and the tattoo is going to be a tattoo of Victor Reyes's jersey. Oh my God! And they beat Verlander. They won August 21st, and what of course Tigers fans are calling the greatest upset in the history of baseball. I can imagine, and it, it's. Probably it's actually pretty close to all of that. And so the guy did, in fact, get a tattoo on his arm. But somebody on the Internet, the way those people on the Internet do, they found another, an older Twitter account by the same guy who at one point said he would get a full back tattoo of Victor Reyes's jersey if ever in the in the future Victor Reyes gets over a, a, a WAR wins above replacement of over one. He is at 1.3 in 2019. And funny, there is no mention of that. But there is a small jersey on this guy's forearm that's tattooed. I think we should hold him to the big one. Yeah, I think you're going to have to put his Twitter handle in our show notes so that everybody can help keep him honest. So Victor Reyes, 25, left field for the Tigers, my new boyfriend. Welcome. Welcome, Victor. We're going to go over to the National League now with the Marlins. And I have Isan Diaz, age 23, second base. As we sa- I said before, another uh, guy who was born in Puerto Rico. But when he was four years old, and here's the, here's the clincher, the cosmic part, he moved to Springfield, Massachusetts, which is where I did my student teaching. And he went to Springfield Central High School, which is where I did my student teaching. And I thought very briefly... You realize someone's going to use these clues to find out your actual identity. Yeah, I powered to you. If, if we have like a, an Uber fan like that, you totally deserve to bring me down. But <laughs> I'm going to see if I can do it. Well, oh, wait, I know right, who you, you are. You know who I am. So I briefly thought, oh, man, he could have been my student. And then I noticed he was born in 96. So I student taught in 90. Don't give more clues. Someone's going to find you. I I, I was student teaching there before he was born. So he was not in high school. But I can sort of picture it. I can totally picture it. So yay, Springfield Central. And he was going to go to college. He was going to play for Vanderbilt. But then he got drafted by the D-backs in 2014. And then in 15, he did so well that he was MVP of the rookie level with the Pioneer League. In 16... He was traded to the Brewers, and this is the beginning of a connection to your former boyfriends because Gene Segura (sighs) was uh, involved in that trade, but it was a complicated one with more people, but that was part of it. And then, this is the big one, in January 18, he was traded to, of 2018, January 2018, he was traded to the Marlins organization in the big Yelich trade, which is like, you know, man, that the Marlins had a great outfield before they traded him. Um, And he also is playing or did play in Puerto Rico. I think he's not playing this year for the Gigantes de Carolina. I was hoping to be able to watch two, like my first two boyfriends in their offseason, but I couldn't find him on the current roster. We just missed him in the Futures game last year when we were at All-Star Weekend in Cleveland. Yep. So that is very sad. Uh, But then he was promoted on August 5th from the Baby Cakes. The New Orleans baby the, kids? Yeah, with that really weird kid with the crown logo that you think you say you explained yeah, it makes total sense, sure. but it's just freaky looking. Anyway, his first outing in uh, on August 5th, he hit a two-run home run off of Jacob deGrom Cy and it gets Young better. Winner? Cy Young winner, it Jacob gets, deGrom. Well, yeah, how could well, it be better than that? That's what he that's the, while his father was being interviewed. 
So his father was being interviewed, and I think at it's the a, game. at the game. You know, it was like that little side, you know, somebody's at bat, and we're interviewing the parent to get their reaction to how the kid's doing, and he's talking, and then all of a sudden he gets the home run, and the father freaks out and starts screaming his name, and the interviewer just sort of pauses and doesn't quite know what to do. And then he said something about, like, well, this is what a father sounds like when your kid gets a home run off of DeGrom in his first at-bat for being brought up to the show. So that was pretty crazy. And then I looked at what the father was wearing. He was wearing his son's Futures jersey. Oh, yeah, he was. Right. What a good dad. From a month before that. And this clip made it to Good Morning America the next day. Some of you listeners may already know this, but I did not. I was not watching Good Morning America. Um, another interesting fact about this guy, which check check me out going for mad skills here. He's the first rookie to home homer off of both DeGrom and Syndergaard Woo. in the same season. And he's the 10th Puerto Rican to have a home run in his first game. Also, another one was your former boyfriend, Javi Baez. Hooray. So he's all pumped up for the Mets-Marlins series in Puerto Rico in 2020. Which We should go to that. Oh, yes. We totally should. We totally should go to that. I have a new boyfriend with the Marlins, and he's a much more appropriate age. 30. He's only, you know... He's a few decades younger yeah. than I am. So Miguel Rojas is the shortstop for the Marlins, and he is from Los Teques, Venezuela. Did I say that right? That sounds good. All right. Mm-hmm. So I have two boyfriends from Venezuela. How unusual is that? It's not like, say, Omar Vizquel, my very first boyfriend in the history of the world. Omar, for Hall of Fame, put it on your ballots. Baseball writers is from Venezuela or anything. Cosmic. Totally cosmic. When he graduated from high school at the age of 16, he asked his parents, please, may I please have one year to chase my dream? dream. I want one year to see if I can make it as a baseball player. Oh my, just At picturing 16. a 16-year-old with the composure to to say something like that. At 17, he was signed by the Cincinnati Reds. Wow. So Good for his parents for, for for giving him that. Good for him for asking and for asking with like, you know, with, with limitations. With a, Here's a very specific ask that I'm going to do. Signed by the Reds at age 17. He spent eight and a half years in the minors, debuted with the Dodgers in 2014. That same year, he was traded to the Marlins and has been there ever since. This past season, 2019, he had a team leading batting average of 284, which is not saying a lot for the Marlins. Rebuilding. Oh, did you hear this rebuilding theme that we have going on today? But he had career high marks in slugging, in doubles, in runs scored, in walks, and in stolen bases. So he had a career year. He's also one of the top defensive shortstops in the National League, and defense is sexy. And he won the Boyfriend Award for the team. He got the Heart and Hustle Award for the Marlins. Extra points there. And that's always good. That's awesome. The exciting thing for him is that he just signed just signed a two-year extension with, a, with an option for the third year. He just signed a two-year extension with an option for a third year for $10.25 million. So this is a player that the Marlins are investing in. And as you know, we've talked about it before, the Marlins are not paying big money right now because rebuild. So he thanked when he, when he had his, um, the press conference about his extension, the signing of, of, of this extension, he thanked a couple of players from Venezuela, including Omar Vizquel. I could see that coming. As some, I mean, he's a shortstop. Omar is a shortstop, you know, as being, you know, a, a role model and for him. Know, yeah. And also, um, also Martin Prado, who was playing with the Marlins at the time. He has since, le- this 
that was his last season. But two guys from Venezuela who were very important to him in learning how to be a good ball player. His his manager, Don Mattingly, was with him when he came up at the Dodgers. And now was with him at the Marlins. And Don Mattingly has this, this routine that he does. This is ritual at the end of every season. If they're not in playoff contention, which is a little funny right now with the Marlins, he <laughs> picks a player to manage the last regular season game. It's kind of like when you're a teacher and you pick the kid who's going to like actually press the button on the slideshow or whatever. It's like, yeah. It's sort of like that. But okay, so he picked Miguel Rojas for this past year for the last season was actually at Citizens Bank Park at the Phillies and they won. Starling Castro said he took it really seriously, like he was actually the manager. And a very cool thing that he did for, you know, his his mentor, uh, Prado, Prado was going to be leaving the team. So this was like his last time to appear in a Marlins uniform. And he was one short of 100 home runs. So so um, Rojas put him high up in the batting order, which is not where he normally batted. So he would have more times and he got his 100th home run. Yay. So he got to have his like, standing ovation when he left the field and all of that. But here's the extra stuff, the not the great baseball player stuff, but the extra stuff. He participated in the distribution of a thousand meals over Thanksgiving in Little Havana. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Everything he says in public, he's really aware of his position as a role model for kids. And he always talks about hard work and dedication is going to get you where you want to go. You know, look what he did. You can do it, too. And he's made a point of in all his community work of saying, it doesn't matter if the people that we work with know who we are individually. The important thing is the work and making the connections. He's a clubhouse leader in a lot of ways. Um, the Athletic did a poll of funniest teammates, and he a lot of people picked him as a funniest teammate. Which, I would love to see that poll. Right? He organized a ping pong tournament for like the downtime during spring training, and a few folks said that he's kind of a ringer, though, because he's been playing ping pong his whole life. So, hey, here's a fun thing that we can do that I'm super good at. He won the 2016 Fantasy Football League that the team had, which is only especially notable because he didn't see his first American football game until that very same year. The thing that put me over is the mom story. It's of course. always That's the awesome. mom story. So his mom, who is back in Venezuela, in, in his hometown, right, in Los, Te Los Teques, Venezuela, she's a pediatrician and a public health care specialist. And as you know, things are poor in Venezuela right now. They're very bad. And so she does, she works in public health. She gives free appointments. She donates her services. She does a lot of work with exceedingly oh, wow. poor patients and community members there. She also is a two-time breast cancer survivor. And what she really likes to do for fun to make herself feel better is she sings and she sings she like enters contests and all of this stuff so her son miguel rojas funded recording of a record album for her so she could relive she could live her dream and get to record an album and then when she was visiting you know visiting when watching him play on mother's day he used one of her tracks as his walk-up song that's the best. Isn't that he the best? should continue that. That yeah. is so cool. So, and apparently this that was the song that she sang at his wedding. And so actually Wilson Ramos apparently was there and said, what song are you going to play? Because he always plays like a reggaeton or something. And then this song comes up and he's like, who sings that? And he said, my mom. That's awesome. So I'm totally keeping Miguel Rojas. I'm so happy to have him. And my Marlins boyfriend for 2020. That's awesome. He totally fits. Nice pick. I need to ask you, how the fuck 
Did I miss the news about Jonah Carey in July? Did you hear about this? What happened to Jonah Carey? I mean, he disappeared. I mean, I've been looking for his stuff on The Athletic and he's gone, but I didn't do any work to figure out why. So in case anybody out there doesn't know who Jonah Carey is, he was sort of one of our, um, I don't know, things that we aspired to be. One of our influences, a big influence. We both really used to enjoy listening to the Jonah Carey podcast and talking about what he talked about, right? And and he's a good interviewer. Mm -hmm. And if we were to have sports writer boyfriends I think when we first started this we would have picked him yeah and we really like I remember when we first started I wanted to tell him all about us and you know things got busy and I'm not quite sure if he would have been as receptive as I thought he was going to there's a big butt coming isn't there I don't like where this is but, yeah and it's not my big butt it's um ah! Jonah Carey totally let us down so is this person that I've been looking up to and he even did things like like we have our never gonna be a boyfriend list and the guys that we think are assholes and turns out Jonah Carey thought they were assholes too and I remember him calling out Aroldis Chapman and he tweeted I like the Cubs I like Cubs fans but Aroldis Chapman can go fuck himself he tweeted against Addison Russell when all his shit went down Addison freaking Russell Ads, absolutely Addison fucking Russell so I kind of thought that Jonah Carey was one of us I don't know yeah one of us and it turns out that in July he was arrested for assault against his wife he's one of them so he's one of them. And it's and it gets worse. Holy it's crap. just it's really, really fucked up because I, I and this is the weird part that we were following him so closely. And he I remember listening to the wife and the kids story. And then all of a sudden he kind of dropped off the face of whatever and came back and there wasn't a wife and he was seeing somebody else. And so we were very unclear about his personal life. But we sort of pieced together that he got divorced and there was somebody else. But it didn't seem like such a, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the details were behind any of that. But this sounds like it's the recent wife because the charges are from July 2018 and then May 2019 and July 2019. And it's two counts of assault, one count of assault causing bodily harm. Oh and, and then this is the ugly part is one, one count of uttering death threats. And and I don't know who's scummier, him or his lawyer, but his lawyer said at the time, death threats are sometimes said in a moment of anger, especially when there's an emotional situation of divorce and you're seeing your family go down the drain. So then it's okay so to say- death threats are okay mm-hmm. if you're in a bad mood. Wow. That, that, that okay. seems like what the defense was. So this this court is, the, I mean, the case is still being processed. Um, it hasn't come to trial yet. But meanwhile, this is how it fi- I finally picked up on what was going on. I guess I checked my feet at the right time. He was rearrested on the 27th of November. Did he do more? Well, what happened was at the time he had certain conditions, right? That you can be released on bond if... Like stay away from your wife. Right, yeah. yeah. You have to stay 200 plus meters away from your wife. You can't have any contact with her and you can't own any weapons or possess any weapons. So that's all seems like good conditions. He was And doable. Right. He was uh, released on 250 bucks bond on, on those conditions. But it turns out that he called his wife on that day and he's saying it was a butt dial. Oh. Yeah. You know, I do butt dial. I yeah. don't know. I, that, But it's a weird coincidence. Do you yeah, butt sure dial is. the person? Like, you think that if you're told... It's that, always the last person you called. That Yeah. Right? Right. It's weird. Oh. Yeah. My heart is... Can you hear my heart breaking right I am now? so sad because I loved listening to him. I loved reading the stuff he wrote. 
I thought he was really well grounded. And this is a huge disappointment, especially somebody who is like fundamental to me wanting to do this podcast. Wow. I am, I am crushed. My soul is crushed. And let's see what he does next. Is he going to find a way back? I, how do you get like if this I don't is know. real? Like, I don't know. Said, I don't know. Like, I want to kill you. Yeah. I mean, I just I I don't know where you go from here. And wow. Right. I Wow. All right. Well, we didn't want to leave on that and the and the our episode on that. So we've got another, we've, we've got another <laughs> helpful lesson for you here. I'm going to give you one more vocabulary lesson, and it's not disappointment and heartbreak. Those, Good, those who already you. know what Take those that mean. Away. It's actually, it's about the whole minor league thing that we've been talking about, right? This plan to gut the minor leagues. I kept seeing this acronym, PDC, and I wanted to know more about it. It means player development contract. That's actually the contract that the franchise, the major league team, like, say, the Nationals, have with their minor league affiliate. Um, so the lo- the teams, the minor league teams are owned usually locally, and those that ownership group handles the ballpark and the front office staff and the ticket sales and the promotion and all like the logistics of making the games go. And with this player development contract, the major league franchise supplies the players and decide and the coaches and decides, you know, what players are coming up and they they handle all of that stuff, right? So it's a partnership. So this whole idea that they can gut the the minor leagues and, t- and just cut out 42 teams means that these player development contracts, which ownerships, ownership you know groups thought were real and permanent, may only be temporary. And here's the thing. Without that contract, without that PDC, the players that you're going to see at that minor league ballpark are not the guys that are on their way to the majors. They're not the future stars, right? Without that contract... There, this is like independent league, this dream team, like all of that stuff. Who are the guys who aren't drafted? So these are just going to be like your local kids. There's not like that hope, like let's watch this guy before he becomes that guy he's going to be, right? And then when you lose that, it's an economic loss. So those teams where they're losing their player development contracts are going to be worth less, right? Because the players who are there aren't these future stars. But it also means that other teams who don't lose that PDC right away could lose it at any time because we have just determined that it's not a permanent thing anymore. So those franchises are now worth less, right? It's not a guaranteed you're going to always you're going to have this team with these players with a pipeline to the majors. I can take this away at any time because we're taking it away from 42 teams. That's gross. So they're trying to sort of justify their actions. And there's two things about that that are that are interesting to think about. And one of those things is that's why no one is negotiating about the number of teams because any team losing any team is bad. If you're looking at is what is that? What is the effect that has on my team? If even one team has their PDC pulled, I could at any point. So my team is now worthless. Even if we don't say, Oh, maybe if you only cut 20 teams, no one's going there. Right. The other thing is I saw a hypothesis that what if Major League Baseball is trying to undervalue these teams so they can buy them outright and they would own their own teams and cut out the middleman and they would be in charge Monopoly. of the whole thing. That sounds like an antitrust suit. Oh, look at us get to economics yep. all over again. So I find all of this fascinating and much more now that I understand what PDC player development contract actually means. And that leads to a road trip proposal. I'm all about the road trip. I, I know how to check my oil. I've you, I've seen you do it. You're very good at it. I plotted out these 42 teams. I think 
we should see how many of these 42 teams that are on the chopping block we can see. So they're not being chopped this year for sure. This, the, Yeah, the current contract goes through 2020. All right. And Let's check it out. For instance, there are six six teams in the state of Tennessee that are being cut. And it's only eight hours from one end to the other. All right. Right. And summers are good for me. And there's like three in Virginia, which is on the way to Tennessee. Okay. I know because I just drove that. So there, there's some good clumps. I don't think I can handle the West Coast and my with my job schedule, but I think we can do a road trip. I think we can. More than half of them are this side of the Mississippi. That would be east for those of you who aren't Isn't looking at a map. Jack Daniels and Tennessee. That's that's Kentucky, Kentucky? but there's also I think All a right. team or two in Kentucky. It's pretty right. close to Tennessee. Are so you we in? Could take a, if we can go to Jack Daniels side trip. We can also do that. All right, we're good. All right, we're going Let's on go. a road trip. In the meantime, we've got to do some research on boyfriends from Baltimore and Pittsburgh for next week. And I promised to do my homework. I said I was going to do like a cheat sheet to the winter leagues, but it hasn't gotten there yet. But it's coming soon, soon. Yeah, and we really appreciate the help we got with this week's boyfriends. So if you have ideas for us, you can reach us on social media and tell us about your ideas for um, Orioles and and Pirates boyfriends. Where do they find us on social media, Potty Mouth? You can find us on Twitter at NCIB Podcast, on Facebook and Instagram at No Crying and B-Ball, and at our website, NoCryingAndBball.com. That's pretty awesome. Until next week, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Goodnight, Potty Mouth. <laughs>